Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. All right, today's guest is Ken Rochon Jr. But more importantly, we're celebrating our 100th episode. Ken is a Renaissance man, humanitarian, and an accomplished serial entrepreneur. He's a social proof celebrity event photographer, international keynote speaker, and published author of over 30 books. He's been honored as America's most influential business connector and entrepreneur of the year. Ken, who lost his mother to Alzheimer's complications, desires to live a life of purpose where he leaves a legacy of love for his son to model. He's the co-founder of the nonprofit organization, the KeepSmilingMovement.com, and he has published over 110 books of leaders. The movement shares these books with everyone needing a dose of hope. His love of the arts and sciences inspired him to travel to over 100 countries. His favorite place to be is with his son, K3 the light of his life. Ken Rashone helps us celebrate our 100th episode and the publication of Robert's first book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success, which was written in 100 hours and published in 39 days. Ken shares about connection and the power of gratitude, but more importantly, he shares the power of his why. Well, Ken, thank you so much for joining me today and jumping on the show. Sure appreciate the opportunity to, to hear your story and to share it with the world. Well, with how much ad value you give to everyone else, I wanted to see if I could possibly compete with you and do that for you. Well, hopefully we can, between the smiles and the adding value, the two of us will uh, will come together. They are actually almost synonymous, aren't they? When you I have hope a smile, so. you are showing that you get value or that you're providing value to others because that's positive energy. So that's really cool. Absolutely. So Tell me a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship. I know you came from the teaching profession and had a, a, an interesting journey. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Uh, normally I'd object profusely, but I'm not going to today because you're such a good guy and you have a great haircut. So all that said, I'm going to be a very cooperative guest. So um, around age 12, I read a book by Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer, and that ignited what it is to be an entrepreneur, have a mind, entrepreneur mindset, because, you know, Tom Sawyer always tried to leverage and finagle things to get done. And so I was very impressed that he could be, I guess, a little lazy, but also get the job done he had to get for the people he was staying with. And that intrigued me because I always had to do housework and I had to do yard work and landscaping. And I also had a, um, a lawn mowing, a snow removal, all these different things, a paper out, all these different things to make a nickel. And I found that you could do more of these things if you were able to delegate or leverage other talents or people that didn't really want to run the show, but wanted to at least make a couple of bucks, right? So that was my first experience. At age 18, I moved from a small town in Illinois called Galesburg, Illinois. That was, uh, I guess, the teachings of what the Midwest is and working on a farm and detasseling corn and de-weeding bean fields and moving all the way to the, the big Fort Meade area in Maryland, which is real close to D.C. and also the home of the National Security Agency, where my dad got his final um, mission to um, protect his country and military intelligence. And when I got here, I'll tell you, Robert, it was like the light went off 
of what Tom Sawyer experienced with regard to opportunity. You cannot live in the DMV, that's the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, and not find opportunity if you are looking for it. It's right there, everywhere. There's just so many people that want to hire you to do something because everyone's so busy and it's just a, a very um, abundant area. I would say pre-pandemic, maybe about eight of the most abundant counties in the United States are in the DC area. Nice. Don't quote me on that now because the pandemic has shifted everything. So I'm not going to say <laughs> it's still true, but I'm going to say that government uh, contractors have definitely made good here and they've caused the outpouring of their abundance to other small businesses and consumers. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this latest business and what's, what's driven you to, uh, to, to want to make a difference in the world. So I don't really have a, I guess the latest, latest business is a business I'm doing with Michelle Mraz and Todd Western. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but that is Amplifluence. And that's where we're actually, ironically, getting to know people like you for your first book. And I have right here with me, if you if we could just do it at the same time. I know your printing is a little different color because we looked at it at the beginning of the show. But this is the new book, and it's going to be accompanied by a workbook from Noelle, your wife. And I think that... It's just brilliant that the two of you are able to have your marriage, your communication, your faith, and also your abundance complement each other. So I wanted to commend that and applaud it. But um, the Amplifluence is about people like you getting the most marketing, the most um, visibility, the most impact that you can possibly get with just playing big and showing up when you need to show up. So your book is going to go across the U.S., Thanks to uh, Michelle Mraz and Todd West for creating something that allows us to go into each city, hopefully, God willing, 27 of them this year, where we bring together the movers and shakers of that city. And then we bring together the 100 authors. And you, of course, my friend, are going to either be visible or at least your book will be at all times. Nice. Well, that's pretty now, exciting. If you are referring to the company that might have been the one referred to you, some month or so ago it was perfect publishing and that is a love that came out of unfortunately my mom passed of alzheimer's and i uh i made a promise that i would stop saying i'm going to do a book one day and i published my very first book and this is a copy of it and i have a rule robert that whenever i hold a book up whatever book that is to include yours we can give it away as an ebook so we inspire other people to take that journey of what it is to create legacy, what it is to leverage their message and what it is to actually um, create opportunities because conversations are occurring inside the person who's reading your book. Nice. And just for those listening on the show, we held up uh, my brand new book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift and Ken's book, The Perfect Networker. And so those are exciting. So there's an opportunity to get an ebook, but you're going to have to comment or like or share and let us know that uh, you did those things so that we can uh, we can send you an ebook. And um, I would like to add to that, Robert, that whenever you're getting a free ebook, the best way to thank the author is to, if you enjoyed it, go on Amazon and give a review, just sharing what benefit you got, what you learned, and let other readers know this is a valuable piece. Since this is the Ad Value Show and your book is all Ad Value, I would highly recommend not only that you take advantage of the opportunity to get the ebook, but to give some gratitude at the same time. Well, gratitude. So good. So I want to talk both about gratitude and connection, but obviously everything you're doing, you mentioned, you know, the, the DMV area is, is just being this 
interconnectedness and the value of connection there. Let's talk about the value of connection for an entrepreneur and ways that entrepreneurs can amplify their connections. Sure. You know, Robert, the only reason we were able to get together was because of a connection. Michelle Mraz, of course, was that connection. And I think if you are a business person and you are slow and potentially even failing or at least stressed about your business succeeding, you may want to consider the show as one of the most important messages for how to get out of that feeling and out of that lack of abundance. And that is stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about how you're going to do it, how you're going to get more opportunities, but actually start providing value as the show dictates and also embraces that when you bring value to other people, they really cannot help but to thank you in all kinds of interesting karmatic ways. Do you like that? I, the word karmatic. Um, <laughs> so I would have never guessed that meeting you that within weeks, I'd see you in a, in a city named Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> and we'd be driving down the state for four hours, your eight hours, just to hang and um, just timing's everything. It is so insane. I, I had to call Michelle and text her and say, wow, I just don't even believe what has happened is that I didn't know how to get from Jacksonville to Fort Myers. For any of you who have tried to book a flight in state, even though it's super close, like an hour flight, Southwest does not have in their business model that that's going to happen easily. You're going to fly to Dallas or you're going to fly back to your hometown of BWI, Baltimore, Washington International, or you're going to fly to Denver, but you are not getting to Fort Myers directly. So my average flight time was 10 hours. And you were so funny, Robert, because you said as we were driving, I, I, I would ask questions about time or something. You said, you know, you would still be at the airport just sitting there <laughs> twiddling your thumbs, but you're not even counting all the hours I was going to have to wait between flights and all the flight time. I just couldn't believe it. The shortest time I think was nine hours to get from, <laughs> it was quicker to drive. I don't know how that makes sense. Well, and it was, obviously it was, it was meant to be because the flight right. we flew into Jacksonville was actually the flight that was continuing on to Baltimore. And so it, uh, it, it, it seemed a little crazy, but it was absolutely inspiring and, and wonderful to be able to spend, you know, those six hours with you and, and have lunch with, with your friends and meet a few other people that are pretty incredible connections as well. Yeah. And we even got key smiling shots of your dad, Ted. And uh, he, he was all too kind to say that I could come out to Denver and do drywall whenever I want with him. So that was an awesome <laughs> opportunity. Well, he's looking, he's looking for someone to go to Albuquerque with him. So we need some connections in Albuquerque. And <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So you mentioned, oh, you know, I wanted to say that that is actually the craziest thing that you got off the plane and you text me. You said, this is the plane that you'd be on right now to Baltimore. And you said that they were saying, Dr. Smiley, Dr. Smiley, are you boarding soon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't wait till they're calling you Dr. Smiley as your, your official <laughs> monitor. Well, if I become a pilot, it's going to be Captain Dr. Smiley, which is going to be really oh, a lot of <laughs> That's nice. A lot of titles, yeah. Well, there's a pilot shortage right now, evidently. Right. There's a shortage. Just add, for a, just add a the list. Of, I mean, just, yeah, just add the list. There's a, there's a shortage of a lot of things. Well, so. before you ask me the next question, I wanted to acknowledge you because I told you I would, I wanted to make this comment. Uh, first of all, 
I, I think this is the hundredth show, and and if it's not, then I'm embarrassed. But <laughs> happy one hundredth because you're in the three digit zone. But the other thing I wanted to say to you in a heartfelt, sincere, just complete um, in awe of you, Robert, is we're holding a book up that really thirty days or so from this show didn't really have a face, didn't really have a body and maybe only a concept. I, I know you're going to speak on this at length at my show, but since our audiences are different and I want people to hear, because when you are the host, you don't talk about yourself. And I'm, I think we have enough time here that we can take a little three minute tangent and just talk not about your experience, but it, it, did it blow you away as much as it blew me away that you called me and weeks later you are coming out with a book? Um, well, yeah, uh, obviously you talk to other publishers and obviously, um, I've hosted authors on the show, you know, many times and, and many authors, certainly through the traditional publishing route, it's years, right? They, they write the book, you know, years before it it's released. In fact, even their audible version, they're, they're reading it, you know, David Goggins made comments after each chapter because what he'd mm -hmm. written two years ago and what he recorded when he recorded the audible recording, were different times and so he was explaining how things had been different or changed or how he was remembering that that chapter or the experience of writing that chapter and so so i really had no idea right and and of course i put it out there and had um multiple offers and opportunities to meet with other publishers and what i've come to recognize is publishing is one thing and marketing and relationship is another and obviously you are a marketing influencer and more interested in, in creating connections and creating opportunities um, than just printing a book. Yeah, I, uh, I remember our first conversation, I was so taken aback by not just your great haircut and your great smile, but the fact that you really care about leadership. <clears throat> you um, hit the number one focus point I have in life, which is value, which we were kidding around a little bit before that's synonymous with smiles, but it is. The higher the amount of smiles are in your life and the people you're working with and that you're uh, that you're partnering with, the longer the longevity, the higher the abundance, and of course the the more joyous the ride is. So, I was um, all too pleased to work with you. I told you I used the quote of "You are a stallion in this game" because I knew that you were serious about taking a message. And by the way, your book is so freaking good. Um, I have shown it off to other people. And just the table of contents, when you see what you're covering and you click on it and you're able to go to that chapter and get some of the juice, this is very good content. It's the kind of content everyone should be reading if they want to be more successful. And I don't think anyone doesn't want to be more successful, but a simple read. And by the way, there's a guy named Charlie Tremendous Jones back in the 50s, um, and he's quoted in Bob Berg's book. Uh, I think right near the beginning, which is the difference between where you are today and where you'll be five years from now are the books you read and the people you meet. And it was so cool that I found out that Bob Berg was one of your guests on your show and that you were in dialogue with him about possibly doing the forward. And just a full disclosure, the reason these books look a little different is my prototype had the possibility of a, a lovely speaker. Um, Heather Monahan was considering it. And then you talked to another person and they jumped on it and they wanted to do the, the Ford. And then of course you were in dialogue with Bob Berg. So I wanted to also congratulate you not for getting just someone to write your Ford, but a real influencer. All three of the choices were big wins, of course. And you took this first book, honestly, to another level. Most authors are really just trying to get the book done. 
and you leveraged it correctly with people you were inspired by. And any of those three people would have been really uh, just the cherry on the top of a really great work. So do you want to share um, just? Well, that? yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, having the podcast created great opportunity, created great connections, and all three have been guests on my show. And so that created the opportunity for me to at least have a connection with them. They knew my face. They knew um, a little bit about, you know, what's important to me. And so, but the Andrew Cordell, who, who agreed to write the forward, um, is the CEO of Money Is. And so he's in perfect alignment with mm -hmm. the contents of the book and his his business is, you know, he, he made his money in real estate, but now he's trying to teach people um, money and how to use money, you know, for your good. And so those elements are, are included in the book. In fact, after his interview, I changed the, the money chapter um, significantly. And so he, he had direct influence in the contents of the book. And so it felt like a great connection. And, and he was, he was enthusiastic to, to want to do it and not busy enough to to say oh i can't you know i can't do it right now and so it his timing fit with uh, your timing model which is uh, about mach 4.7 something <laughs> well what's cool is that if you do a forward for the right author you get as much benefit as the author does because they're actually promoting you as a person that inspired them and people that may not know that name learn of it and then they do their own searches and find out what a gem and also what an authority figure, but most importantly, that you are as credible enough to extract that type of name. So there's so many aspects to this that are powerful. Yeah. And it really is. I have to credit the podcast and, and the things I've done to create connection. Um, I, I definitely go an extra mile with every guest. I send I send a thank you card after recording every episode. Um, I did a hundred sixtieth uh, episode celebration, and I invited all the guests to a virtual party and had guest speakers just to thank them and express my gratitude for them making my show possible. Um, hmm. And of course, we share the show, you know, extensively through our network, and and they're sharing the show through their networks, the ones that want the benefit from it, and um, our audience is continuing to to grow and and be inspired, and so. It's uh, it's all doing the things in alignment with with what you're doing, and you're just doing it 10x, and so 100x, and and that's I assume that's why the timing was just perfect for all the things that have happened since you and I met on January 5th. Well, only recently um, we discussed on the drive through Florida what it would look like if you shared your 100 or 50 of your podcast guests and that I was able to thank them for really playing big and having the right message and bringing them on my show. And then I said, let me provide you with 50 to 100. And then Michelle Mraz, who, of course, has her international TV show, she's going to be doing that. So there's not really a difficulty finding good guests. It's finding good guests that are available or that can make the time and make you a priority for that hour. So I'm just excited that I'm going to meet some of the top guests you've had and vice versa because my guests most of the top ones have actually done a book that you are going to be printed in by the time you get on my show which is the dose of hope book and the dose of hope stands for dopamine oops dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins and those are the beautiful chemicals that kick off that god gave us when we feel alive when we're in love when we anticipate winning 
and when we just know that dreams are possible. So mm. I'm excited to add you and the photo we took of you in Fort Myers. And you got to meet my good friend who I hadn't seen. And this is another thing that's just crazy. I work for a guy that was like the principal in Lean on Me, and I haven't seen him since 94. And because of your trip to Jacksonville and you able to drive me down, there were three or four trips I took to Florida and we just couldn't make it work. And yet magically, the plane that is going back to Baltimore takes me on <laughs> in a car. And we had a nice um, a nice first dinner at Chick-fil-A. And then we went down uh, the next morning and saw uh, Mr. Kevin Sawyer, who uh, he's he's got the biggest heart in the world for being an educator. And I just want to thank you because that was during the pandemic, I realized all the people I had lost touch with because I was so busy. And he was someone that I just looked everywhere and I was trying my hardest. And I finally found a LinkedIn account that led me to a website that led me to a contact. And it was just interesting. And then we've been trying for a year and a half, Robert, to meet. And yet you were the most important aspect of why that was possible. So thank you for that too. Well, absolutely. Well, and we mentioned gratitude earlier and the value of gratitude. And obviously I think gratitude is, is game changing for people. Can you share how you practice gratitude? Of course. Um, my first book in the key smiling series was called keep smiling shift happens. And it was about, if you're not smiling, you have chosen not to be grateful or not to be positive or not to think about something that you, honestly might lose or don't have if it wasn't for you having that gift in your life. And so I only have to think of my son, Robert, but there's so many other things that I can think of. And my son just lights me up. And so I am grateful. And in being grateful, I become more powerful because when you're grateful, you are love. When you're grateful, you exude um, other gifts to other people because you're, you're in abundance. So my son um, has a sixth book coming out and he's only eight years old and his book coming out is called America, uh, Kenny's favorite places in America. And it's got about 24 places. Most of them he hasn't even been to, but he learned that he wants to be at these places. And he was born on flag day, June 14th. So I'm just excited where his journey's taking him as an author. And when I see your authorship and your great book and your great message having impact in the world, you don't know how many people you're going to invigorate to either play bigger, be more successful, and or step into their legacy as a as a leader. Thank you. I I definitely appreciate that. And you know the the book came from my heart because to write a book in in basically seven days, um, <laughs> you you put all you have into it. And I know there's there's people out there that have been waiting their whole lives to write a book and say they want to write a book and. You just have to make a commitment, set a number goal every day and, and reach that number goal, putting it down. Um, probably the hardest I'd thing like is turning off the editor. Well, I'd like to turn interject this because um, you let the cow of the bag how quick you did this. And some would maybe not know how big this book is, how many words it is, but most importantly, how high quality this book is. I will share this and you tell me if I'm on track with how seven days produced a book at this level. Okay, so I believe that when you are in prayer and you are in your calling, that you don't have to write a book. It is actually downloaded. Mm -hmm. And when it's downloaded, you actually read it later and you go, I did this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote this. I thought this. I produced. And what happens is you are in line 
with your spiritual being and you're in line with what you're on earth to do. So even though you said seven days, it is a super, super powerful book. And it, I've done things in 30, 40 minutes that I couldn't get done in a month. So do you agree that this was not about seven days? This was about just completely being in a, in a channel, a Renaissance channel of your theme and having the download. Is that kind of how it was for you? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. And and it's choosing to take the time to set aside, right? To to get into flow requires the commitment to to doing the work. Um, and I mm -hmm. think that's where, you know, the download is able to to make that connection. And and that's what that's what those seven days were, was, you know, that commitment to paying attention, right, to to listening to what was inside. You know, I would actually encourage you to look at your preface again and just see if this message is actually part of the preface. And I say that from a standpoint that when people look at your title, you created in seven days and created this powerful is an example of what your title means. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't a two year and it also wasn't a flop and it also wasn't stopped or quit in spots. It was a straight download. Well, and the great thing about it is not, not only was it a download, the connections were made immediately. Like mm -hmm. I posted, I posted just a post on my Facebook and said, Hey, I wrote a book and, and Michelle immediately commented, Hey, I know a publisher and, yeah. and a couple other people did as well. But, but obviously we had a, a vibrational connection and, and not just because of our cute haircuts, because, you know, no doubt that, that's a, that's our goatee is, our, it was really our goatee. <laughs> It, it, I think those are all continuations of being in that right vibrational frequency when, you know, people like to throw around the word luck and I don't believe in luck. I believe in opportunity and those opportunities come when you're prepared for them. They're there all the time, but the truth is you won't see them unless you're prepared for them. And in this case, I, I was prepared and I did. I followed the instructions, <laughs> you know, Hey, you've got this time. You better write this book. And now, now the book exists. And what's the next step? I had no idea. Right. I, I, I had, I had general ideas. Like you can put it out there on Amazon and you could sell 20 copies to your friends. And I assume there's lots of people that, that end up doing that, but I wanted, I wanted a lot more and I want the connections and I want to be able to serve people. And I want the book, to truly be able to help people. I wrote it because it, it, it is a powerful tool to, to help people and serve people. And, and I will tell you that asking for endorsements now and, and having people, you know, putting it out there for other people to read it and say, the, the one I got today, first of all, it's a half page long and it was so beautiful that it nearly brought tears to my eyes. And I'm, I wrote the person back, are you serious? And she said, I meant every word. And, hmm. and that means a lot. Like that was like, you know, it, it really is, <laughs> it really is good. And, and, and it feels good when other people are coming back and saying it's really good. And it's mm -hmm. a quick read. It's an airplane read. Like it's designed to be quick and practical, not a lot of fluff. Um, and applicable. Just, exactly. Just, these are things you can do to take action in your life to make a shift mm -hmm. and and start changing your thinking, which will in turn 
change your results. Yeah, and there's that trajectory of just changing something just one percent, and how much that deviates you being abundant versus just plain status quo. I did want to comment um, about the luck. So Mark Twain has a beautiful quote, which I choose to alter for the first time in my life because of our interview. I love his quote. It's the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. And I would like to add, inspired by you, the harder I work and the higher my frequency is, the luckier mm. I get. <laughs> well, and, and the greater people I meet. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what's really happening is not only have I created something, I'm putting it out there and it's going to create its own. It's obviously drawing the right people to me to bring it to reality. And and you have to have a willingness to step into that, right? Because some of the things we're doing are happening fast and furious. And and it you can be like, oh, this, this isn't going to work, right? It's, oh, it's too much. But step into it. And not worry about how just trust that the people around you are making the how happen and and it's been fantastic <laughs> like it's well it's i want to i want to comment on your i want to comment on your hundred okay because i am privileged to be on a show where you go from double digits to the full 100 but there's some things about 100 that means a lot to me and i know it means probably the same to you which is it's complete it is it is the it is all your effort all your intention all your value all the results you can possibly muster out of what you want to create and god gives us 24 hours a day as we all know times 7 is 168 and when you subtract your sleeping time which is approximately 68 hours you're left with 1 hours 100 hours you're awake to choose what you do with it and technically in 100 hours you wrote a book <laughs> and there are people that say I gave over a hundred percent. I gave 110%. And that's just not possible. Right. You, you give a hundred percent. It's like the, uh, the spinal tap where he says, well, this one goes to 11 because this volume goes to 11. And he says, well, why don't you just make the 11 a 10? He goes, no, no, no. It goes to 11. Well, the point is you gave a hundred percent and I want to actually share what that gap looks like, if you don't mind, because there are people I've heard say something to the effect of, I don't need a publisher. I already have one. It's Amazon. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching. Want to learn the mindset secrets of successful entrepreneurs that have been shared on our podcast? Well, you can get them for free at addvaluemindset.com. A-D-D valuemindset.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. That's like saying Target, your publisher, if you're lucky enough to drop your book in their store and they don't necessarily carry it, but they have it in their store. Um, <laughs> so I want to just share because there's a lot of misconceptions about what publishing is and what you get, not with the right publisher, but what you're supposed to get with your book experience. Because your book experience is supposed to be fueled by your publisher. And I just want to say, I'm, I'm elated that I got to go on this ride with you because when we look back in time, we'll say, well, golly gee, had you had Amazon as your book publisher, how many things wouldn't have shown up in your life? Mm. And we'll start off with the mentality of the self-publisher and the mentality of perhaps the traditional publisher. And this is not fueled by anything but statistics. So I'm not trying to make any enemies here by saying some of this stuff, but the average self-publisher sells between 18 and 42 books. And 
their experience is so underwhelming after perhaps nine months a year, not a week like you, Robert, is that they put this book out in the world and they go, I thought the world was waiting for this book, but they forgot that marketing and a campaign and awakening the world would be necessary, which I'll go into in a second, but a traditional publisher has a goal. They have a goal of getting your book to look beautiful and to get it on Amazon to make, make you an Amazon bestseller, et cetera. But their goal is not to stay with you forever because they wouldn't be able to help other clients and they wouldn't be able to focus on what their niche is, which in a lot of cases, just not the marketing scene. It's not the boots on the ground. It's not the book tour, et cetera. And I love that part because those are the people that are running the marathon. Those are the people that actually did a book for, in my opinion, the ultimate reason to not just leave a legacy, but to leave an ultimate impact. So I just want to share with you, if you don't have an author, uh, I mean, if you don't have a publisher, you don't have someone on your team that's saying, hey, 1% of the effort we're going to put into the book, making this gorgeous book, we're going to put 99% into making the book have impact. And I'll tell you, that is the complete opposite of what most authors go into the world with. They have put in 99% of their money, 99% of their time, and they birth this book and they have 1% left. They're just exhausted. Their money's exhausted. Their time's exhausted. And it sells at whopping 18 to 42 copies. And they are not going to do a second book because who in the right mind says, I am now 40 or I'm now 50 or I'm now 30. And I know all this stuff and I'm making the best book I possibly can make. And I sell some books and how would my second book sell more than that? I just, right. I you know, it doesn't make sense. So the, uh, the idea is how are you putting 99% into what you create instead of 99% into creating it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I just, it, it just multiplies the value of connection, right? Mm -hmm. You're a hundred Xing your connection with Michelle, your connection with Todd, your connection with your other authors and help having each other, each other author help the other authors. Right. It, and so yes. it, it's all these overlapping circles of, of networks that, that becomes more and more powerful. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's, and that, it's pretty exciting just, just in the value of the connections. And you talked earlier about getting reviews and, uh, I seem to have left my Amazon five-star review club um, book, but that's something that even though I'm not showing it, people can have it for free, but that's a book where people get to pick books they want to download and they get to thank the author by giving a review if they feel the author deserves it. And so many authors do not have reviews on their books or on Amazon. And what happens is they don't get searched. There's no SEO. And so the book becomes the ultimate secret. In fact, um, there's an equation I used to do some 10 years ago to teach what marketing really is. It is, if you have phenomenal content, and let's call that the letter C at level 10, but you don't have any marketing plan and no distribution plan, you're multiplying your content by a factorial of maybe one. I won't say there's a zero, but 10 times one is 10. And what happens is you have something called a secret because out of 100, you got 10. Right. And if you reverse it and you have the worst content ever, but it's not a zero, it's a one, and you have phenomenal distribution, and that's a 10, you still get the same score of 10, but that's called noise. And noise is that no one wants to read it, but everyone knows about it. <laughs> and so the magic, no matter what you could possibly do with those two variables, is to create the highest number for both variables, which would hopefully be a nine or a 10 for each. And you get that magic score of 81 to 100, which means you're playing. 
you're playing in a world that people actually could have heard about you. And then a tipping point can occur because enough people are finding that it's very good and there's social proof that actually validates that it's very good. And distribution has to be part of that, that muscle. Absolutely. Well, and I like that. I mean, it's just like anything else, right? Consistency. Consistency creates opportunity. Consistency creates connection. Um, consistency in in marketing is going to create more opportunities. Do you know what consistency creates, um, I think, the most? Integrity. Mm. Nice. Because integrity actually is everything you just said before, and that's why it works. Mm. So good. I was going to ask you about character, and you just already dove in there and just... <laughs> Jump right well, I will say something. I will say something about character. My dad, who is a military officer, and I was not a good boy when I was growing up. I was a, a bit rebellious. Definitely was in trouble enough to know that there was a belt, a wooden spoon, or something that was going to be reminding me to be better behaved. But I did. I did make a mistake one time of uh, stealing something. I, I it was candy or something like that. And my dad saw I stole it, and he says, "Son, do you know that?" The only thing you have in life is your character. That is it. You lose your character, you have nothing. And he was very clear about that. And he says, you're going back to the store and you're returning that. Or you're at least giving them the money that you did not pay them. And so I was humiliated. And the lesson really did last with me because even what I'm teaching my son is that's all he has. He is not allowed to lie to me, no matter what. And he is rewarded for not lying. In other words, I'd rather hear a bad situation and be tr truthful about it yeah. than to have him hide it. And so we just deal with the fact that when he makes a mistake, he can just own up to it. Absolutely. Well, and there's power in that, right? We, My wife and I committed to making our home a safe place. Like no matter what the world was doing to our kids, we wanted them to feel safe at home. Mm -hmm. And that meant similar, right? You, you can tell us whatever you're dealing with and we'll walk alongside you with it. But if you lie to us, th then we're powerless to help you because you're, you're misleading us. And, and, and it, and it, it works, right? Because your kids are going to have to deal with stuff. Life, life comes at them full speed. They're going to, they're going to make mistakes. And we talk about failure, especially as entrepreneurs, we talk about failure is learning and, and, the culture, the school, and all these other places give so many lessons where failure is permanent, right? Failures. Oh no, you're, you're failing this class. You got to take that grade over again. You're, you're failing this. You got to do this over again. And rather than saying, no, this is, this is a learning experience and there's going to be consequences for mistakes. Absolutely. We are not taking away the consequence. I don't have that power, but I promise you as your dad, you will never deal with those consequences alone. Hmm no matter how severe they are, I will absolutely be by your side. And, and it's challenging. I, I made, I, I made some mistakes when my kids confessed some stuff, my emotional reaction was, oh, ah! and then, and then I reeled it in and said, I'm sorry, we've got this, we can handle it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and being able to own that for myself. Right. And, and, and kids don't always understand that parents are growing too. <laughs> Right. And no, you know, we're supposed to have it down. We're supposed to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, you know, the, the school, of, the school of parenting happens one day at a time, just like, just like kids, you know, growing one day at a time. But well, we're, we're I, the progress of failures in, a, in every way, shape or form, no matter what we're doing, because the more we're willing to fail, the more we're willing to grow. And absolutely. so um, 
Yeah. I never had any, any problem getting down on my knee and looking my kids in the eye and saying, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? And, and the, the cool thing for my wife and I was that we were parents. We were committed to being parents and raising our kids to be good adults. And, and we wanted them to, to be our friends when they became adults. Hmm. But they also knew that being their parent didn't mean I had to be their friend. Right. But now I can say I've released two you know, young human beings into the wild and they're both my friends and they seek me out for advice and we still have a great relationship. And I'm pretty proud of that. Did I do it all right? Heck no. <laughs> can anybody say they did it all right? No way. But I learned an awful lot and my kids hopefully learned right alongside me. Have you shown the books to them? Uh, my daughter is, my daughter has seen it. My son lives in another state. So we're going to have to mail him a copy. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter picked a different cover though. So it was a fragile conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Picking the cover thing was a little hard around the family. Everybody picked a different one. <laughs> well, you know, um, there's, there is a reward. Um, we haven't done this before, but I'm happy to look at it. If they're willing to buy a thousand copies, we can make the cover that particular one for them to have those copies. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a that's a that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, why not? Up. Right. <laughs> well, a cover is so huge of a decision for the author, and a lot of authors take that decision as it's their decision. And a smart author realizes it's they're only a voice in that decision, not the, the decision. The decision should be with the buyer, the consumer, the reader. The person who says, I like that cover is probably saying, I would buy that cover. I would buy into that cover. I would buy into the fact that that might be a book to look at. Absolutely. Well, and and the truth is your team produced such fantastic work that that they were all incredible. And I think they all would have done, would do really, really well. But the one that, the one that we picked obviously was, was overwhelmingly supported. And so, oh yeah. And, and, but yeah, they're all so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. But I will say, in my opinion, you picked the winner because there's a there's a cognitive side to it. There's a mindset side to it. There's a um, the um, the electronic uh, the electron neurological light up when you're actually feeling like all pistons are going in your head and you're making it happen. So I love that aspect of this particular cover. Absolutely. All right. Can I'm going to switch things up just a little bit because we talked about family a little bit and, and fun. So first, I'm going to hit you. What's your what was your favorite date with your wife? Um, the Gypsy Kings. We uh, we went to a concert nice. in Virginia, small, and it was just it was so good. I wanted to go another time, but yeah, we <laughs> and and you know she's uh, from Peru and she has only had been to two countries, the U.S. and Peru, and so we traveled. And although she's not one to say that she would invest in traveling, she always listed that as her top experience that she had that year. Nice. So I yeah. I love travel. I love traveling, and she's she's wonderful to see her light up when she sees cool things happen in the world. Nice. All right. So how important is play and fun? Um, it is the most important thing. There's nothing more important because if you forget to play and have fun, you are actually, uh, you're actually admitting that you don't have that as a priority in your life and that it's okay that it's not a priority. And so my rule with my son is that when he wants time with me, that he just needs to give me a little bit of forewarning, but he gets that time. In other words, the phone goes away. And I break away or I say, Kenny, I have these times available today. Tell me what you want to do. And so we plan it. And then, like I said, 
all this stuff goes away because I don't want distractions. I want to be completely with him. Mm. And we read most nights together. He reads a couple pages. I read a couple pages. Nice. Well, now you've got a, a new book soon to read. I know. That's <laughs> going to be a fun book to read with him. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So let's talk about building your audience. Obviously, you're an expert at, at audience building and, and creating um, momentum, I think. And so what makes that possible? Um, I think it is a shift in you stopping caring about yourself. And Bob Berg will be the one I give the accolade to here. I did read The Go-Giver. I decided to go one whole year being a go-giver instead of a go-getter. Mm. And it is it is astounding how big and quick my network grew because I wasn't growing a network that was avoiding a call from me. I was growing a network that welcomed a call from me because they knew that I wasn't asking for anything. And it's a very strange thing when you give something like a gift like this to people. We intend to give 10 to 20 million of these away as downloads. But more importantly, Robert, as you know, this book was given to you because you were nominated by Michelle and you had the same pay it forward opportunity to give it to someone who nominated who inspired you. So if you're inspiring by people, thank them. If you're inspired by people, show them that it mattered. Uh, there's just too many times that I think we're forgetting to pick up the phone or give that text. And I try to do it a couple times a day where I say, I just want to say, I was thinking about you today and I'm so grateful. And I give the reason why uh, it's not just a, um, I appreciate you kind of thing. It's really why I appreciate. And I also tell my son every day, I say, I'm very proud of you, Kenny, but I always tell him why I don't just have it as a kind of meaningless comment. I do come up with something different and new that makes me feel that he is someone to be proud of. He, he just learned the pink Panther by Henry Mancini memorized. He doesn't have the sheet music on his, and he did it for three days or four days. And he can now go, dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> and he, and it's a pretty, it's pretty cool to watch him just, learn something like that nice you know uh while you're talking i if you don't mind i'm just going to walk away for a second i'm going to get his book nice since the most proud i am is that i'm a father of an author who did a book called kenny's favorite things about uh, kenny's favorite jokes and then he's done five books and this one is his second kenny's favorite riddles but any of the books are again available through this podcast, just bug Robert and he'll give you the books. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, I was going to say, what inspires you? Oh, so many things. Um, my son would have to be first, but my mom actually, uh, my mom passed and gave me the biggest gift, unfortunately, with the loss of her life, that life is so precious. It's, it's, it's very cliche and it's very corny, but it is the God's honest truth. When she passed in October of 2008, I had three years of being a caregiver and I was awakened. How long is life? Um, how many days do I have? What am I doing with my life? What's going to be on my tombstone? Who, who did I actually impact? And mm -hmm. although I was a very good business person, I was a workaholic and I had a very successful life based on materialism and that I got out in the world and I got to experience things. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And so my mom awakened uh, the purpose. And when you have your purpose, I think, I think you're inspired just every single minute. And so I don't feel like I work most of my days and I have never seen you in a meeting and said, Oh my gosh, this is not something 
that is a gift to be with Robert, to be with my authors, to help them have that impact because I've had that good fortune. And I want to, I want to share something that's a formula that came out of the study of this particular book here. And anyone that would like to have this book, you will see Robert's chapter within a week or two. Um, and if you'd like to do the exercise in here, I think this is a game changing exercise. I don't have the, uh, I brought it upstairs, but I, I came up with this formula and I'm going to do it really quickly. I'm going to write it down. It's, it's called the, the why I'm not, I'm sorry, the who that you are, the who that you are is your why you got it times your actual why, which is your purpose, times your how, which is your impact in the world, equals something called SPH. I just came up with this yesterday when I finished a chapter for another book. So I'll hold this up. So the why is your unstoppable commitment, your persistence and determination to create a who that you love. And the higher that who is, the higher your purpose will be, which is your why. And the higher your purpose is, will be the higher your impact is, which is your how, your impact. And that equals the proportion of smiles per hour you'll experience and emit and give off to the world. And, you know, the average child smiles three to 400 times. And I will say, Robert, with all sincerity, you and I are children. We smile. <laughs> Absolutely. Times because we're living in wonder still. And wonder is caused, again, by the re uh, rejuvenation of understanding that a child is our future. And actually, why can't we be that future again, too? Because mm. a lot of us stop when the bills hit and the stress hits and we start saying, this isn't fun anymore. Well, that was a choice to actually adopt that new mindset. And that's why I love your book so much. Absolutely. Well, and there's so many places Jesus tells his disciples, you know, let the little children come to me for the kingdom of heaven. And there's so many ways that that applies, obviously, to kids smiling. But I think kids' imagination and their curiosity and all of the elements of they, they don't have the limiting beliefs. They don't have the they don't have the junk that we pick up and, and they're just free to try and do and and go. And so there's so many elements of of being a child that I want to incorporate for my brain and and apply in my life. And and I think. I think, yeah, writing the book was one of those things. It was just, it was a choice to go for it. And, and now it's just, it really is. It's a roller coaster ride of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah. And, and too many people get stuck in the muck of the dollar signs and how much is going to cost and how much negative. And it's just like a normal business. It's just like a normal investment. You have to go backwards. Unfortunately, there's just no such thing as, oh, you wrote a book. Here's $10,000 for doing it. You actually have to let, wake up the world and say, listen, don't just buy my book, but buy me. Buy me. I have things I'm going to offer you through this book, outside this book, on top of this book, which are wisdom, courses, workshops, solutions. Because a book is them doing it for themselves. And not everyone can do it for themselves. So they lean back into perhaps an offer in the back of the book that says, hey, I'm here for you. If you want to get in a group, I will give you free access to keep this message alive in your heart. If you'd like to take a bigger step and you'd like to be part of a mastermind or you'd like to have coaching, come talk to me. I did want to reference uh, this book real quick. My son, his first joke he told was uh, from this book. And he was, before he wrote this book, Robert, he was introverted. He did not like his voice. He did not want to be videotaped. Can you imagine being a photographer 
and not having <laughs> the ability to have your son be there in spirit. He would run away. He'd say, I don't want you to videotape me. Well, when he did this book, it actually shifted him the day he did his first podcast, which was one that I was on. And I said, hey, can my son tell a joke? And my son was like, I don't want to. And he, I said, Kenny, if you don't tell a joke, no one's going to know how funny your book is. He goes, all right. He told this joke. And so I'm going to tell this joke to you. What did the buffalo say when his little boy left for school? Uh, I don't know. Bye, son. Ah! <laughs> and my son wrote some jokes in the back. These are Kenny's originals in the back. And I just oh, can't nice. help but. I have to read one of them to you because this is this is my favorite on the page. Um, to get the other ones, you just have to get the book from Robert. So here we go. Why did the man take a bath? Because uh, he was dirty? Close. Because he was a stinky poo. Oh, nice. So there you, there you have it. And did, did he get that from the, uh, the example of the man in his life? <laughs> <laughs> I, probably. I mean, I, that's exactly what he probably got it from. So I'm going to read you a riddle. Can I read one riddle and then uh, feed Absolutely. You? Thank you. So this is a little deep. It's a little, I guess, spiritual. What does man love more than life, hate more than death, or mortal strife? That which contented men desire, the poor have the rich require the miser spends the spencer saves and all men carry to their graves hmm. heart that's a good joke that's a good uh, answer the answer is nothing but you have to hear how nothing plays in this uh -oh. what does men love more than life nothing hate more than death or mortal strife nothing that which contented men desire nothing, the poor have nothing, the rich require nothing, the miser spends nothing, the spencer saves nothing, and all men carry their graves, nothing. And this was the one I put into his riddle book, but he did 90, 90% or 95%. So when people ask, is his name on the cover for the right reason? He picks the topic and he Googles all the things that make his mind go. And that's fantastic. My rule that I, my rule that I have with him is he cannot put something in the book he did not find did not read and did not learn half of it. <laughs> so he knows how to tell probably half the jokes in there. Nice. Well, I love that it says Kenny three and daddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those covers are nice. So cool. And I, I got to uh, meet your son via video. And so I know that he likes video. Now he gets on yes, video on a regular basis. Oh, he's a ham now. He's a ham. And I think that's a cool gift that a, a parent can give their son or daughter is that, they change their confidence level because the the reason most bullying happens is because someone feels insignificant. They feel they're not enough and they have to make someone else feel that way. Well, the way you don't get bullied is if you are actually so confident, you're not a victim mode, you're not going to attract that type of attention. So Absolutely. there's both sides of the spectrum. And what's cool is someone like Kenny taught a couple more lessons could probably help a bully actually have that confidence built into him. So he didn't feel like bullying anymore or she doesn't feel like bullying. Yeah, that's so good. So let's talk about the blessings of, of being an entrepreneur and, and raising your family. Well, um, I think that is the ultimate challenge in life. It's the ultimate way of uh, being alive. It's the ultimate way of knowing your true value, your production capability, your salesmanship. And it's a it's a journey of learning. And I won't say it's for the people that don't that are weak of heart. It, it uh, requires you to to get through tough times. And it also teaches you tenacity. It teaches you problem solving on a whole new level. 
I think the biggest it teaches you is uh, salesmanship or, or salespersonship. I think you learn to really sell what you believe and you don't sell what you don't believe. In other words, you start actually gravitating to truth. And I think mm -hmm. that's a cool thing. There are surveys or stats about people that work for other people. And there's a quote that says something like, um, work for other people and help them build their dreams in life. In other words, you're not building yours. And then the second one is how hard are they actually working? Um, some say 5%, some say 10, some say 30, some say 40, but they're not given a hundred percent because they are not invested in the dream. And so one thing I can say about entrepreneurship is you are the captain of your ship and you are the one being great. It's, it's kind of like the person who says, I'm going to run a mile or I'm going to swim laps and please don't look because I'm going to try and cheat and get ahead of them. <laughs> you're, you're fighting the time and it's, it's, it's on you, baby. You do not get any faster on the track than you, than you put the effort into it. Absolutely. And, and for most entrepreneurs, no one's coming to save your business. So you have to no. choose to save it yourself. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what's the big dream? You know, my big dream is for me to be big enough uh, with me chasing these crazy dreams I have that my son gets to see me acknowledged that I did make a difference in the world, that uh, I did create the world I want to see the Gandhi message. And that maybe he sees me or in some crazy show like Ellen or Oprah, where they say, how did this all happen? Or you're an overnight success. And I say, not hardly, <laughs> not hardly. <laughs> but you know, the ultimate thing is I just want people to know that a smile is a gift and that the more smiles they create in the world, the more they're going to be alive, but the more they're going to make this world a better place. So that that formula I showed you uh, that just happened the other day, um, two mornings ago, I really do want that formula to possibly be something that is connected to this movement, this nonprofit that becomes a formula you need to look at when you're living life large or even just living life to to evaluate yourself. It's it's really powerful just just in what you shared today and and knowing the way that you can wrap story around it it's it's going to be really powerful um to help people and i love smiles per hour that's that's pretty fantastic so <laughs> what uh got so excited about smiles so let's talk about keep smiling and your your keep smiling movement well, uh, a, a gentleman named Barry Shore, if I did not mention, was the man who handed me the, the card that awakened me to ask questions like, what are you doing with this card? And I found out that he was handing it out and he'd hand out a second one to people. So they'd give it out. And I said, well, if you're not doing anything with this to capture pictures or create books or, you know, social proof or a movement, I would like to I would like to do that. And he said, sure. And he sent me 100,000 of uh, these cards. Wow. Just just with a very short conversation, he believed in what I was committed to and kind of the rest is history. There's a, a wonderful lady named Dr. Uh, Andrea Adams Miller, who is the executive director who caused this beautiful movement to be a 501c. So we're a legitimate nonprofit and our goal, our mission is to make the awareness and the solutions for dental and mental wellness. And what I mean by that is there are people that can't smile like you are smiling right now, Robert, because they're missing a tooth or they have pain in their mouth and it's causing all kinds of wellness issues beyond the mouth. And we want to partner with dentists. We want to, you know, get some of our donations to, sh to change a smile physically so that we can have that in the back of our books. It just reminds people how important a smile is. And the other part is the wellness. There are, 
have been numerous people that have contacted us and said that they were considering um, taking their life. Hmm. And because of our show, Amplified on Voice America, or reading a dose of hope or getting a hold of one of the key spine books, all these are free to download. They, they read stories and they read about people that had it harder than them. We've had the likes of William Paul Young, who wrote the shack that became a movie, Frank Shankwitz, who uh, created make wish foundation that became a movie called wish man and about 240 other authors that are just absolutely amazing people. Rob angel who created Pictionary, had a, a decade journey trying to convince people this is a game that should be invested in that should be fun to play. And, of course, it's fun to play, but it took forever for him to get that across. So we've had the good fortune of seeing and experiencing these people on stage, and we want to take their their very intimate message on stage and put it in a book that will reach one, one uh, I'm sorry, 10 million to 20 million. And, you know, the bigger this message gets, this dose of hope, we hope it could actually get to a much bigger number, a much, much bigger number. That's so good. And I, I love, obviously love the message of giving back and love that, you know, you spent a year just giving and, and following Bob Berg's advice. How fantastic um, is that? But the Keep Smiling movement and the, the number of lives that it, it can impact by sharing those stories or just by sharing the books with, with people smiling on their birthdays and just love all these books that you're putting out in, in digital form and print form and just ways for people to share uh, more smiles. You brought up a point just now. Um... You said in digital and print form. And I've had people say, hey, this book that you have here, is it in digital only? Or is this birthday book, is it in digital? And I'm like, why would you do a book only in digital? Just hit print. I mean, digital <laughs> is where it's going to fly. There's no doubt about it. We, we move hundreds of thousands of these books digitally a year. Print-wise, a very, very small fraction. I mean, probably 1% or 2%. But people want to hold the book sometimes, too. And some people that are in the book want to have a copy of the book. They can have it on their coffee table, et cetera. So I just want to share that it's so important that when you print a book, you make it digital. And when you make a digital book, you got to print it. You have to do both. They're both different experiences. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to see my book in print. And I thank you for helping me to make that happen. And I just love that we're just on the beginning of a great journey together as friends and, and of course, partners. And so I appreciate that. Um, last thing I always ask, you've sat across from an entrepreneur now for the last hour. You want to leave him with Ken's words of wisdom. What would you share? Well, I would first of all say, um, my bald brother, stay bald. That's the first thing. I mean, because it's aerodynamic. Um, but I would say to you that no matter what your experience is with this first book, do not stop creating content that can change the world because eventually you're going to get better and your impact's going to get greater and it's going to tip. And then everything you did before will go for the ride too. So you've had enormous good fortune with your first book. I know you're just in the first days of it, but you are light years ahead of most authors and that you have a Ford, you have a game plan, you have all these things that are going to cause you to not have as much frustration or <laughs> disappointment. But I, I just would say to you, sir, and to anybody who's looking at doing a book, do not, do not think it's easy. It wasn't meant to be easy, otherwise would, everyone would do it. But if you do it well and you believe in it, you stick to it, it will actually have the impact you wish it to have. Just stick with it. Ken, oh, thank you actually, so much. May, oh. may I make one last comment, please? Absolutely. Uh, I, heard a, I heard a quote, and this quote is very related to what I just said to you. Anything you want in life, you'll have it if you want it bad enough. Hmm. And if you don't want it bad enough, you might find that's why you don't have it. Absolutely. 
That's right on point. Ken, thank you so much for joining me today. Definitely appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship and, and definitely appreciate the opportunity to share this with my audience. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode... Heather shares about adding value and the ability to create connections when you put other put the other person first. She chose to become a speaker to sell her book and then figured out that there's a world where speakers get paid and that it's even more impactful. She helps companies and people grow into their authentic self. Her goal is to scale her company to increase her impact in the world.